0: Here we are, episode 12, Built for Better. I'm um, recording this one from Terrigal with one of my mentors, Nick Boudidge. Uh Nick's a speaker, best-selling author, um, personal coach, and one of the only people in the Southern Hemisphere to work for both Facebook and Twitter. But uh, before we get into it, let's roll the intro. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I've gotten you from my life. No more, I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life, no more, <laughs> wasted energy, spending the pace for every hour of waste, I need an escape to center me, and I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but times a currency, I'm currently poor, I'll be leaving it soon, I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me, look like your mom seeing your nudes, like I can play. Here we are, finally got you on. I guess you were one of the first um, people. Episode 12? To, episode 12, yeah. Far you, out, man. You... <laughs> I know, you are one of the people to kick me in the backside to get this to happen. Yeah,
1: I was. I can remember when we talked about it and, and you didn't have any of this gear. No, nah, definitely you know, not. And we,
0: definitely. we were starting there, how good. And I had the gear for a long time before I recorded <laughs> my first episode too. That's alright. You, you did actually, it, you're on your way. I actually um, was only thinking about it the other day, but when I was coming up here... Was um, you encouraging me to do like the first Instagram TVs and how nervous I was? <laughs> you could even see the nerve through the. Um,
1: Have sky. you looked back at them? No, I haven't. Mate, you should. <laughs> horrible or different? Not horrible, but just how comfortable you are now. Yeah. Compared to when we started, remember you you wouldn't do it without walking around the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting watching you message going, me, and you're Dude, like, "What? Stop!" <laughs> I'm seasick watching this bloody Instagram. Yeah, but that was, that seems like, was, now you look at your content now, you're comfortable at Yeah, how long ago was that, you reckon?
0: Yeah, I don't even know. Would it be six, March or? Six months? Yeah, yeah.
1: But but it kind of proves, right, that every, everyone is able to do it. Yeah, 100%. It does, not not because you can do it, but you know, like you were worried about it. you were not keen at all. Yeah. At all. <laughs>
0: I mean, like, if you would have told me I was doing this twelve months ago, I would have laughed yeah, and said, exactly. "Not, not going to happen." But.
1: Exactly. I'm glad, you are. This is—I was just saying to you, Like, it's so weird that podcast and audio is a a thing in 2019 with all of this wicked tech everywhere around us, and people <laughs> are listening to us on the, you know, on on the phone or yeah, yeah, on the computer. It's pretty crazy.
0: Let's um, let's tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So and-
1: I um. Alright, so I work right now, I I write, I've written a couple of books, one became a bestseller as you kindly pointed out in the intro, Um, and I work with people around entrepreneurial mental health mostly, so um, I do sort of personal development stuff for business people, that's kind of my niche I guess. Um, I come from a storytelling background, learning development background, I worked at Facebook and Twitter in that sort of tech space for a while. And now I, uh, yeah, I write and I work one-on-one with clients in a, in a therapy environment um, as well. And I speak at conferences and stuff like that. That's my main kind of, my main gig. Yeah. Which is good.
0: And is that your enjoyment,
1: speaking? I love it. Yeah. Man, it's just, it's, it's challenging. It is, uh, you know, it's well-paid. Like there's lots of reasons why it's good. It also uh, forces me to, to, to tackle a bit of my own anxiety. Doing that, which is also helpful too. That was my next question.
0: How do you feel when you're just about to jump on stage? I hate that moment.
1: I, I'm, so I have a, uh, I have a general sort of anxiety at, that lives I live with, um, and that anxiety's worse when it's in a one-on-one, one-to-two situation socially, pretty awkward. But then on the stage, I'm fine. But getting to the stage, I always have that moment. You know, just before I get on stage where I think, oh, this is not going to go well. These people aren't going to listen. They they already know that I'm a dickhead. Nobody thinks I'm good enough. <laughs> all that sort of stuff. And, and that's every single time I get on stage. But we all have them feelings when we do something that's out of our comfort zone, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think it would be out of my comfort zone now. I've done it lots and lots of times. But it's still that moment. And, and, it, and it just harks back. It just digs into that shit that's in the back of my brain that says, you know, you don't, you're not as good as you think you are, you know, don't, don't get ahead of yourself, you know, that sort of stuff, and today's the day they're going to work it out, that's the thing.
0: How many people are we talking about that you speak in front of?
1: Oh, so I was trying to work this out the other day with my um, with my agent, it makes me sound so bad, <laughs> um, I reckon I've spoken in front of about 300,000 people in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, and what's the average at each one? Like 500.
1: Yeah, so pretty big crowd. Big crowds. Um, what's the biggest event, if you... 12,000 I've spoke at. Wow. That was pretty mental. And then I speak in front of six people.
0: And you do it internationally as well, yeah?
1: Yeah, uh, mostly around Australia and New Zealand, occasionally elsewhere. Uh, but it's um, it's good. I, I, I kind of like it when I don't have to organise the event. I just have to rock up and speak.
0: And what's a... Is it usually an hour?
1: 45. Just depends. Sometimes... People want me to MC the whole thing as well, like for a couple of days maybe, but sometimes it's just a keynote, just come in and either open it, open the conference or maybe close it. Yeah. Um, and what. what's your mission in that time? Like, what are you trying
0: to get across to them clients? Like, obviously, if you're speaking, you're trying to get a message across.
1: Yeah. I I, I want people to think differently. I, I'm a big believer in changing what we're doing. A little bit, like... If if everything just stayed the same, then then you know our, our children will become us. We we have already become our parents, so <laughs> it's our chance now to to change that. And I I want to talk to business owners and and just people generally about just thinking differently, having a different view. You know the whole oh it worked in two thousand and three, so we're just going to keep punching it out that way. It's it's not going to work. This is testament to that. We're sitting in front of fucking audio equipment. You know this wouldn't have happened. Yeah, um, and even, even to the point where you know you wouldn't own this kind of flash tech, you wouldn't have, you know, the audio uh, software on all that sort of stuff is is testament to that you can think differently, and in a business, I just think you've got to. Yes, yeah. business people. Um, this the business cemetery is littered with people who thought that they were doing all right and didn't have to change, the Kodaks and the <laughs> blockbusters of the world, you know.
0: And and where do you think people start with them changes? Like,
1: look, I wish they started
0: with themselves. Yeah, that's that's. I guess unnatural to I guess turn something, and it's like something that I've worked on myself. Like, if something happens, I try and re- do the full circle and think, what well, could I have done different or, or how?
1: Yeah. But in doing that, you're also kind of accepting some blame that you have somehow fucked it up on your own. Yeah. And there's a lot of are we let say fuck on your podcast. Over yeah,
0: now? she's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, there's a lot of uh market variables. there's a lot of things outside of you control running a business, even running a family or just living a life you know and sometimes I think we jump to the conclusion straight away that we're the problem something's we could so we could have done something different and we could do something better um and that change can often just happen by focusing on what other people are doing what what the market's doing you know um. I know that my kids now, so I've got little kids like you, a bit older than yours, and if I think about it, if those kids were their age 20 years ago, my whole life would be completely different. You know The way that I speak to them, what they, what they consume in terms of media, certainly how they consume it, all that stuff's changing so much. And if people in my generation want to think that they can just stay as they are or hark for the good old days, well, too bad. Yeah, it's gone That stuff's gone it's, it's not coming back You know, people can go Oh, well, you know, when I was a kid This happened to me And I turned out alright Well, that's always my first sign That no, you didn't <laughs> <laughs> If you're saying that, you know um, So, uh, yeah I just think we need to Embrace change Not be not be scared of it
0: It's hard to do Because we all hang on to You know, the way we do stuff Yeah, like it's it's not It sounds easy But it's not so easy
1: Oh, it's not easy yeah, sorry, I I don't even think it sounds easy. And 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 whether you're talking about business or personally, you know, to to go in and tell like I work with people one on one and they tell me stuff that's going on for them, pretty personal stuff, you know. And then and they come to me, I think a lot of people come to a therapist to in the hope that they'll tell them what to do. Where's the where's the book? Show me the checklist of things that I can do to make this better and that doesn't exist you know and, and sometimes what I'll do is talk to them about you know, how they go about their days how they speak to their spouse how they, um, how they discipline their children how anything like that stuff happens and if that's the same as their parents did it that's quite often the problem because our kids are smart and they're smarter than, they're smarter than we'll ever be like I look at my kids now early in primary school and some of the stuff they say to me, I'm just like, I, I didn't speak like that until I was 20. Like, <laughs> yeah, 100%. How, did yeah. You, how do you even know that word? You know, like, and I'm always saying to my kids, good word, like, they'll use a word with me. Yeah. They go, oh, dude, we, we learned that at, you know, first class, awesome. <laughs> and that's stuff I was probably supposed to learn in first class too, but I just fucked around so much that I, I missed it.
0: Yeah. And would you say that
1: you give schooling, like, what sort of effort? Did I? Yeah. Oh, less than minimal? Yeah. I I missed a half-assed. Yeah. So I just, I just cruised. I find that level that I don't have to try, and I can still get by. <laughs> That's my sweet spot.
0: Yeah, and say so you've gone from that, like, you know, you've cruised through. Like, where was the time in your life that you really kind of went, like, I'm going to try and, you know, attack this like you have. Like, you don't just go from cruising through to speaking in front of, you know.
1: No, it's true. I, I think... When I realised something wasn't quite right in the way that my brain works, and that that I think differently and I react mentally differently to other people to things, and I, that was the beginning of understanding, accepting accepting that I have mental illness that, that other people don't have, but some people have, but not everyone. And so I thought, well, I've got to I've got to crack on here, like I've got to I've got to work this out. I remember when I when I um, went to rehab. The first day of drug rehab, um, they sit you down and you have lectures, you know, like the therapists give kind of lessons and different things. And this chick stood up and she said, you know, what you guys all need to understand is that no one else is coming. I was just like, oh, like a shot in the heart, you know, and that, to that realization. I "Shit, that's right. No, no one's coming to bail me out of you. You know, I have to I have to work it out. Yeah. And um, that was pretty brutal. But once you understand that, that was the point for me. When she said that, that was the point for me. Right. Well, all right, well, if I live or die now or how I live is up to me. I have to stop cruising at half-ass and have a crack.
0: Yeah. And what was the point that you ended up in rehab? Was it yourself that...
1: No, I didn't go voluntarily necessarily the first time. Uh, I've been twice. Um, I um, I used to. So I have this mental illness that comes from, well, doesn't come from it. Part of it is trauma that I survived as a kid, um, where some abuse that I had when I was a kid, and I used to just numb the PTSD from that with with substances and with you know different things that I became addicted to. Um, it's just kind of the makeup of my personality. What age were you when you were? Oh, old. Yeah. Oh, when I was abused? You mean? No, no. When I was like using the drugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably all my life, throughout here and there. But you know, in my kind of late thirties. Yeah. Like not not a kid. Old enough to know better. But the the PTSD that comes from that abuse that I can't seem to forget now, um, is. I would say I would have said well, I controlled it with drugs and stuff. I didn't. I just hit it. You thought you were. I just anesthetized at it. the time. Sure, at the time it was because I wasn't thinking about it. Yeah, but then it just leads to all these other problems and
0: compounding effect, the ripple effect. Yeah,
1: that that ripple, um, you know, almost had me lose everything. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to at that point you've got to just suck it up, accept that you don't know the best way that. I I think the point was where I had to accept that my best thinking had got me there. You know, it's a kind was, of
0: hard realization to take too, yeah.
1: Yeah. The 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 best I could do was to for me to end up in that situation. So the only thing after that is to surrender it to someone else to be able to go to something else to be able to go I need help. Can you help me?
0: And I mean you're the I guess perfect example of like you can come from there to where you are now. Yep. Like people pay it's you good money. Sure to, work. Um, you know. Speak to them. Oh yeah, them for and, sure. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think I like, part of that it's, it's not like you just went from there to here. But like, there's no, been obviously a long road like, between.
1: I think part of that lies though is my willingness to speak openly and honestly about that. Yeah. Too. Like it's
0: You've been on to me about this a lot, like
1: owning your story. Yeah. Because everyone has, everyone has, everyone has something they don't want the world to know. Yeah. Or they would prefer that the world didn't know. And some stuff the world doesn't need to know. Let's be honest. You don't have to share everything. But f- for me to be able to work with people and to be able to speak to them about their darkest moments. I feel that is encouraged and, and aided by me speaking about mine. The other thing is, in my, dar- my darkest moments are mostly made up of somebody else's abuse of me or somebody else's shame. So if I don't speak about that, if I keep that secret, that becomes my shame. And I'm, I'm fucked if I'm going to
0: carry that anymore your willingness to speak out probably encourages other people to speak out too which is like getting the shame out of them yep so like there's no doubt you're changing other people's lives by your willingness to to speak up about
1: but I also think we we all do that every day every time every time we're honest and open and transparent and willing to share something somebody in our life is going to go either they're going to go well I'm going to tell you this now I'm going to tell this to the world now, or at least they move a little bit closer to that. that yeah, there can't there can't be a downside to that. It hasn't got to be a jump on a podcast and you talk about it, yeah. No. Like, and and people say to me, "Yeah, you know, fuck, you're so." It looks so easy for you to speak about your sexual abuse, and I think <laughs> it might look easy. It's not easy. It's easier every time I do it. But I don't find that easy. That's a challenge. But I know that if I do it, it means, I, as you said, somebody else might feel empowered to be able to share their own story, or at least tell themselves their own story. Um, and it's therapy for me. You know, I, I think um, we are as sick as our secrets keep us, and and so the fewer secrets I have, the fewer sickness I have, the less sickness I have.
0: Yeah. So from that point in rehab where the quote was "No one's going to get you out of here,"
1: mm. where did you go from there? Um. So I jettisoned back into the world and doing my best to trying to trying hard to stay stay keep it together, take the learnings that I had from there, just be clean and sober, all of that stuff, which I managed to do. And it's just been a slow. I, th- I think the grind of it comes in the fact that
0: how old are you if you don't mind me just jumping oh, on
1: top of you 45 like only a few years ago yeah yeah so I think part part of it is being able to accept that I'm not cured uh, I'll never be cured you know not fixed because I don't think we need to be fixed because that would mean something's wrong with me but I would prefer that I didn't that I didn't have the op- the chance of being addicted to everything I come across. <laughs> if that was an option, let me tick that fucking box, right? Addictive personality, yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, whether it's, you know, drugs or jelly beans or Netflix or work or exercise or... Chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> That's just between us. <laughs> um, you know, any of that stuff that I think, you know... and And, and it comes... It doesn't matter what the thing is. What it matters is... What what the difference it makes is... When I'm eating way too much chocolate... I'm doing that in a moment that makes me... Not have to think about other shit. That's... Whilst ever you're using a process... Or a substance or something... To... To allow you not to sit in the shit. That's a problem. And when that becomes... When your life becomes unmanageable because of that... That's when... Addiction is a problem. You know... A lot of people will say, oh, "I'm so addicted to these cupcakes," and I think, "No, you're not. Just don't eat them." Or when when you've eaten those twelve cupcakes, they'll be gone. You won't be going to rob a servo so you can buy more cupcakes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're not addicted to the cupcake. Um, <laughs> but you know, even even in that moment when somebody's not, might not be an addict. If if they're eating to manage emotions, or to not feel sad. That's that's not healthy. Yeah, because it, it's still there when you stop, yeah. You're supposed to feel sad. Some stuff's sad. You know, I, I know people who are absolutely determined never to be sad. You've got to be positive, Logan. You've got to put a smile on that dial and everything will be all right. No, it won't be all right. Because uh, occasionally, or every now and again, you're going to have to go... You're going to have to sit in front of some terrible movie that makes you cry and boil your eyes out. Otherwise you're gonna explode and kill someone. (laughs) But yeah. It's because the problem is too, if I can just add, the problem is too that we are, we're told, we're told how to, how to emote. Yeah, we're told how to feel all the time, particularly as men still, you know, and and I, I can I, I make up that in the country that's we're supposed worse. to be tough, yeah. We're supposed to feel and I'm, don't talk about shit. Yeah. Now that's in the in the world that's also populated now by Livin' and Movember and all of these really great brands around that are saying to people like us, it's all right to be not all right. You know, that's okay. You don't have to be. Some superhuman robot doesn't feel anything. There's no value in that, and um, the more we do that, the more we normalize that stuff. The, the better we are.
0: What do you think the process is for someone if they're listening to this that that's you know maybe not feeling all right and like doesn't probably have feel comfortable with that person to talk uh, to.
1: My first stop is always Lifeline. Yeah, like I, you know, I I work as an ambassador for Lifeline, so I'm a bit biased, but. To be able to ring 13, 11, 14 from any phone at any time of the day and be able to speak to someone who just listens without any judgment. They're not trying to fix you. They're not telling you, you know, you're weak or any of that shit. They just listen. And they're really good at referring you on to other people, right? So I think talking to GPs is good. Obviously, that's good if you can get there. But in that moment of Crisis, or if you don't want to but sit the time in front you get of get that
0: appointment, and then get there, and like the feeling's probably like not gone, but not it's different. present, kind of yeah.
1: I, I I'm a really big believer in not only ringing lifeline, but ringing lifeline when it's really bad, yeah. when when you are feeling in the bottom of the hole, because that's the stuff that they're really good at. You know, they can just get you back up to the surface, get your head above above the ground. And sometimes I think, even though everybody knows that that's there, it's probably the most known phone number in Australia, I suppose, even if no one's using it, if if that person hasn't used it, Um, it, it's still underutilized. I think they take 3 million calls a week, uh, a year? Yeah, Something crazy like that. There's a lot of phone calls. And some people, not everyone's just about to die by suicide when they ring some people are just lost they just they just can't find the hope or they feel so isolated they feel like they, ha- they haven't got anyone to ring you know and 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 I think that there's another point in that is I, I would always want I always wanted my friends or anyone who I know closely to know that they can ring me It's not like, oh, please ring me every time you feel sad. But at a moment where you really need someone, if you think you can't reach out to anyone and you know me and have my phone number, then you're wrong. Because there's at least me. And there's probably 20 people in your phone who would at least just listen. While we're,
0: like, on that, I know myself, like, I was, I guess not brought up, but my... what i thought was you know black males don't speak about that or you just don't speak about that stuff or i was guess just probably not encouraged and i went to real movement camp with keegan and it was a four-day thing and some of the stuff we spoke about i was like males don't speak about this like it's sort of like and as i was doing it like it kind of felt good um and then obviously over time there's been different times i spoke to different people um and then even coming here and doing the weekend with you i just did a weekend retreat with nick um, I know you messaged me a few times. I'm like, you know, it's going to be pretty deep. Hey, are you ready? I think you might have been worried.
1: Um, but I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm good. Like I've, you know, I think twice this week I sent you a text. I'm like, dude, this is going to be full on. Like, and you and, and you were like, yeah, dude, I'm I'm all right. I'm coming. And I get it. Okay, all
0: right. Mate. But um, like when you like not that we were actually speaking about any of this kind of stuff, but when like you do speak about stuff that's not normal. Like most, you feel good about it. Like I normally feel Every good time. about Like.
1: Every time. Yeah. Part of that is you're speaking to somebody else who you also don't think is going to be okay. Yeah. And then they are. And then you're like, okay, so I'm all right. I feel good. This other person's all right. They feel good. Where's the fucking downside in that? <laughs> and then I want to tell other people. And now, uh, look, having said that, I have spoken to people about my own stuff. At different times and they have not handled it. They don't want it. they don't want it. And that's fine too. Because there's so many people who'll be just willing and sort of interested, curious about it. I think ladies probably are more inclined
0: to speak together about different kinds of things, yeah, than what males probably I, I are. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, some of bit... them obviously have closer friends that
1: Sure. I think I'm a bit my view is a bit tainted now because People because people know that I do this stuff for a living and I'm around it all the time. An incredible amount of people tell me an incredible amount of things, yeah, from their life like a disproportionate amount. So, I'm I don't really know what most people talk about anymore because people like you'd be I'm not going to run through them, but you'd be surprised how many people message me who I haven't talked to for a while or whatever. Just go, dude. I really need to tell you this. Or I really need to tell someone this. I really need to talk to you about something. Can I ring you or whatever? You know, I'm like, yeah, you're all right. You know, and then it's something really heavy. And often they've held that for a long time. And it's like they've been looking through people. They find me, they see that I'm an overshare and they think, fuck, yeah, I'll jump in there. Like, he's not going to judge me. That's the, the judgment from people is what stops people. Not... Not so much that men don't talk about it or whatever. I think it's, if I tell him, he'll think that I'm weak. Yeah. And I just want a everybody... a pretty powerful
0: th- thought too, like the thought of...
1: Being weak? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially because you are already probably feeling that way anyway, right? If you're in that situation and you're told, you know, suck it up. Like, just get on with it. What's wrong with you fucking pussy? Like, stop thinking like that. And just be happy. Uh- like I can't tell you how many people, when I tell people I live with depression, how many people in my life in the year, over the years have said, "Just just be happy, what well, you got nothing to be sad about?" And I just want to punch probably the, the worst thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the worst thing to say. You know, just just be happy. I just choose not to be sad. People choose happiness, but I think, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like I, I'm not making this choice. My, my brain works differently to yours. You don't live in my brain, you know? I think until you've probably had it, you probably don't understand either, yeah? Yep, and even if you have it, even if you have it, there's that moment, that's not moment, that is that time where you're first going, what's what's going on with me? What's going on here? Why can't I? Why can't I function? Why can't I stop crying? Why can't I see hope? Why can't, why, when I look at my baby, why don't I feel joy? That sort of stuff is... Well before you decide, oh, maybe I've got depression. Or before someone tells you you have. There's a lot of things you just don't understand. Why why am I feeling this way? Why aren't I feeling that way? You know, and then it finally circles back and you think, oh, that's why. My brain is a little bit different.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like deep thinking, but... Like, keeping it inside, isn't...
1: Nothing comes. Nothing good comes from keeping stuff quiet. How long do you reckon you
0: kept it inside for?
1: 30 years? Yeah. (laughs) And if you could have your time over? I would have found... I would have created a space where I could have found someone who would have cared. Yeah. Rather than saying, I would have found someone who cared, because there was people who cared, (laughs) I would have found a space where I could have seen that they... We're gonna care without judgment, and told them, yeah, and just said, "I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand this feeling. Can you tell me what it is?" Like when I was, you know, a teenager, I was sort of late '80s, I'm not even fucking born, probably, and um, no one talked. It wasn't like you, you, It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it's hard to imagine now that it was never spoken about. And now you see it's in media everywhere. There's always ads and t-shirts and all that. People growing a mustache like the majority of Bogan Australia grows a mustache for a whole month, just for this cause. Like that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. That's some solid branding. And it's probably
0: only just getting started, really. For sure. You know, like in the next ten years, that'd be crazy. Foundation.
1: Yeah, when our our kids won't talk about it, it won't be. Well, they'll talk about it. I don't mean that what i talk about they, they will talk about it so openly that it won't even be a a thing yeah you know if <laughs> when my kids are in high school if some kids are on an antidepressant and some kids aren't like oh yeah some kids wear black socks some people wear white socks like, it's no it's not even going to be a thing yeah but even even the medication part of it is so shameful for people it's not only not only am I so weak that I can't make my brain work properly. I can't be happy. But now I have to take a tablet to help me. I can't even fix that myself. Like that's the, that's, that's the challenge. Yeah. I, I, I just, I, I have to, I take medication. I, I might always, <laughs> I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Because I know who I am when I don't take it. Once you come to that realization though, that I'm okay with that. Your view changes, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a good spot to be.
1: Really is like... Yeah, you come to that realisation, though. The other realisation that comes is that nobody else was putting that in your head. (laughs) It was only me. No-one was going, well, you are weak. No-one ever said that to me. I just thought they did. Yeah.
0: Perspective. And,
1: you know, that perspective... uh, is sought so so often by people in your family who are probably carrying the same stuff living with the same stuff that's the that's the perspective of this is you know just suck it up I've had to live with yeah i I just that's me as well, but I've done it fifty years, why can't you do it? well, I don't have to do it, dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know however that sentence might go, yeah for uh, yeah.
0: Let's talk about some of the little stepping stones from like where you said you're at the bottom and you had to to where you are now. Yeah. Where would you say like
1: your first uh, like really big step forward was? Rehab, getting clean and sober. Yeah. Big step. Hard step. And a step that I make every day. Yeah. I didn't just make that on the 10th of January 2016. Still
0: struggle with it today.
1: I struggle. I just live with it. Yeah. Um, I could fall over any moment of any day. Yeah. And go back into that really easily. In fact, I was just walking up here past the beer garden on the way to see you today. And it's hot and there's lots of people having beers in the beer garden and I thought, oh I would love that. Like why can't I do that? And I can do it if I want. Yeah. But then I'm sitting at the top of the slipper dip. Yeah. And I know it's at the bottom of the slipper dip. So would you become
0: like you do have a the odd beer now? Yep. Would you very, be comfortable very to go
1: have Yep. Yeah.
0: But do you have a number or
1: I will never get drunk again. Yeah, like
0: is it three beers? Is it
1: No, nah, it wouldn't be three beers. I couldn't go three beers. I'm also the world's cheapest drunk, so Like have you got a number that you don't go past now? No. I just By how you feel. I just don't go much. Yeah. And and I drink um alcohol uh, the non alcoholic beer, the zero can 0.0, we should get paid for that. can <laughs> 0.0, and um, it just allows me to be sociable without any kind of, without, no, there's no pressure from anyone else, without feeling any pressure from myself that I'm not. Yep. Um, occasionally I'll have a real beer. It's just not a thing, but it's just a, you know, I just I, I don't, you like, I don't like being who I was,
0: drugs, not alcohol. It's hard to come to that realisation too, isn't it? That you don't like the person that you are. Like, it's something that I've been, like, toying with in my head a little bit. It's too. horrible,
1: mate. Yeah. Because you have to also, in that, in that, honestly, you have to also honestly say to yourself, you're a bit of a dick. Like, you're, you're, an, that's not the best version of you, mate. You know? <laughs> I don't want to say that to myself. Better than someone else saying it.
0: Yeah, it is, it is. But it's easy just to brush under the carpet too and not think about
1: it and because alcohol not, not so much drugs but alcohol is such a staple of our whole life oh, especially in like the bushes yeah it's, I bet yeah especially at Christmas no one too. meets
0: anywhere if it's not the
1: pub yep normally and, and you know you fix that gutter I'll give you a carton well, <laughs> lost job because of that <laughs> another story <laughs> yeah like you know it's it's socially acceptable and it should be because most people can do it responsibly most people really can do it responsibly <laughs> you know but then I don't know people who will have a bottle of wine every single night but they they won't say if I said to them stop that can you stop that they would be oh I don't need to stop it that's not a problem that's not right no one asked can you stop that? Well, no, I can't. Is their life unmanageable because of that? Maybe not.
0: Funny story about that with me and the coffee. Like, I was like, I <laughs> you know this story anyways, but, like, I didn't really drink coffee at the start of the year and just gradually over being busier, went from two cups to, like, three to four. I think I was, like, four or five long blacks a day. And then... Uh, I'll, I'll, five a day no doubt I would still be doing it except for like obviously a blessing um a guy come and ran a 30-day challenge at the gym and he was like what do you think of this I'm gonna, like he said to me before he's like I'm just gonna go there's two options we can go no coffee completely for 30 or days or, or no coffee for the first week oh, that's and that's then that. one after that yeah. and I was like yeah I can't expect my clients to do this if I'm not gonna <laughs> do this how <laughs> am I gonna do this Anyways, I did. I did over 30 days, um, no coffee, and now I'm back. The what was day three like? Horrible headaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but just didn't have control. It's a drug, yeah. One of the things Dave said, which will resonate with you a bit, like is since when has like? Oh no, sorry, that's different. It was um, what I, what I want you to ask yourself is, has it got control over your life, or have you got control over it? And I was like, well. I'm planning
1: my day when I'm going to have yeah. coffee to you know, yeah. get through the day. So it's got control of me. Because the next step of that is how can I start to do it sneakily? Yeah. That, that, for me, that is the next yeah, step. Yeah. And then I'm on the slippery dip. Once yep. I start doing sneaky shit or telling lies or misrepresenting myself or hiding stuff or keeping secrets, I'm, I'm two hours away from getting on. Yeah. Which is frightening. <laughs> But, like, a really good example of this, I um, we've talked about I'm um, counting calories on this app. <laughs> I've uh, got the a, macros. Keeping a macros diary. Fucking hell. And so I know that I found out, because <laughs> I had to research this, that I can have, um, you know, the fun size Freddos and the fun size Milky Ways. They're about 60 or 70 ca- uh, calories each. And so I kept them in the fridge, a bag of them, because I would be like, oh, I could just, like, six, like I could just have one of each every now and again for a snack you know and now I'm up to two bags a day yeah and I'm not eating other food so that I can fit them into the allowance this is the thing
0: about calorie counting and macro counting that's like so like frowned upon is you can still make shit oh, 100% hit, hit, hit your numbers and I guess if you're in a big enough deficit you potentially could lose the weight but yeah. the health you know like well it's not even
1: that it's the fact that I'm no one cares no one's looking at my directs at me yeah I'm just being sneaky with myself and because then the next step is I eat four Milky Ways but I only log three (laughs) yeah 100% and and who you letting down there
0: like not your coach not anyone else
1: nobody nobody knows like, literally
0: nobody knows. And this is the quote I was going to say a minute ago that also came from Dave was, since when has um, something that was a treasure or a treat become an everyday item? Which is exactly what you're saying now, hey? Like, as a kid, how often were you allowed to have one of them? Oh, uh, never? Yeah, like, maybe, like, I know I was allowed an ice block on Thursday nights after swimming club. Oh, like, we used to be able
1: to have fish cake after swimming on Fridays. After the athletics, actually. Fish yeah. cake, that was my big treat from the from the fish and chip shop. But, like, and now, like, who... Who has two ba- four bags? Cause I was just about to lie again. <laughs> Who has four bags of fun-sized Frettos and Milky Ways in their fridge? Who lives on their own? <laughs> I, is, that's a problem. I, I'm like, if they're in
0: my fridge, I wouldn't be safe. Like, no, I'm I'll, not. I've got no willpower with like anything in the house. Like I've. <laughs> Something will come home that shouldn't, and I'll say to Melissa, hide that. I don't even know where it is. Yeah. Even to the extent of protein bars, like them true protein bars. Yeah, I've got yeah. a box oh, of them. That that they of are, but I was like, I couldn't control myself. I was like, Melissa, hide them, and when I'm one, you tell me? In saying that, though, she hid them, and then I went and found them one day, and there wasn't as many there, so she obviously has got the same willpower. Oh, she hid them, all <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never to be found again. <laughs> Tucked
1: them away. I, I, I do think that it's... Um, that it's just a symptom. It's a sim- That sneakiness is a symptom. That is a is a symptom of a larger problem. For me, I mean,
0: well, probably for everyone, really.
1: I know, but I can't speak for everyone. Yeah, I don't want to speak. For but everyone. if you're
0: doing that, it's probably something that you should look within. Yeah, could do. Could do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not should.
0: Sure. Where was the next step from there?
1: Uh, so maintaining, so yeah. maintenance. So for me um it's therapy and it's meditation and it's uh 12-step meetings i go to narcotics anonymous meetings a few times a week um that stuff just keeps me balanced yeah you know it just keeps me going forward um honesty transparency you know willingness all, all that all and that meditation stuff. makes a big meditation's difference meditation's massive for me yeah it's um I honestly don't understand why it's not massive for everyone. It's, it's free. How do, how, how do you do it? Like, there's so many different ways. Yeah, there is. I tend not to do the sitting down on my own, eyes closed, like Buddha for 30 minutes. It like, hasn't got to be that way, yeah? I, I can't do it that way. Yeah.
0: Like, I can't stop my... But dying. most people who haven't done it before think that you've got to sit up straight back, your two fingers touching... Yeah. Off. Total
1: silence. Yeah. Total isolation. I can't... I, We've got small kids, so we can't do that. I have to get really good at it amongst circus of stupid noise around me. I've become really really good at um, traffic lights and ad breaks. Like, if I'm driving, get to a red light, I can take 10 seconds of my life to fill my ass in the seat, my feet on the floor, hear the kids fight in the background, traffic going past, a breeze blowing through the window, radio on, that's meditation for me. That's centering to the present moment. And I can do it during ad breaks on TV and that sort of thing. I, I do try and set aside a time where I have a deep meditation, but mostly I can't get it. So I just do it all the time. Mindful, constant mindfulness.
0: Kids are doing meditation at school nowadays. My yeah? kids
1: are ace at it. My kids are unreal at it. I remember last, uh, last Christmas holidays, Two ago, maybe, and my little bloke Breezy. How old are your kids before we? Ah, uh, they're ten, nine, seven, and six. Yeah. So, and Breezy was five then, and uh, we're in Kmart, you know, Christmas, like two days before Christmas or something. And Hectic. Just <laughs> hackers, like there's people <laughs> everywhere, and and uh, and, and, he's pulled, pulled my and he pulls pulls me hand, and he could tell he he was a bit not anxious, but he was a bit like, ooh, there's this, you know, there's a lot going on here he goes, Dad, uh, I just need a minute. I'm like, what? You need a minute? Like, what? And, he lets go, and he goes and sits down on the floor in the middle of the Kmart, legs crossed, eyes closed, starts meditating. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, <laughs> and he's a weird five-year-old anyway, but now he's like meditating in the middle of a shopping center. And he's happy as in. Like did it for like 30 seconds. Got up, walked back over to me. He's like, right, let's That's go. <laughs> okay that's weird but you know that he's re- they're really good at it they're taught um that's school you know that's part of their schooling but they're taught it as anger management uh, as discipline so instead of time out now it's kind of time in with yourself to be able to go and meditate i know that um schools are replacing detention with meditation like it's not just woo woo crap anymore like it's mainstream it's, it's proven science it's too, science yeah? yeah yeah like you know there's Simon's deniers too but uh, you can't deny that, that it works I can't deny that for me it works yeah um, and I know during, during this weekend we've had a little taste of it and just five minutes here and there and people who never do it have gone oh, that was so I said that was meditation and I go yeah that's, that's what it is and they were like oh I really thought it had to be complete silence some whale music playing and you know being able to transcend the astral plane do you just jump on an app and use guided yeah i i mostly do so i um use headspace or Calm are the two apps that i like um youtube there's heaps of them and, and i have recorded some of my own so i use some of my own voice just on my phone i've just recorded as an audio file and so I can play that back through my headphones and there's there's a lot for me there's a lot of benefit in me listening to me saying everything's alright dude calm down yeah concentrate on this think about this you're alright you know because that's kind of the subliminal voice that healthy people have playing in their head sometimes I can't get that so I listen to it it works and where did the writing come into all of this it's it was part of my recovery the first book i wrote when i was really depressed what's the name of it uh reboot your thinking that was the um the bestseller and i wrote it in a few months or two months mostly in bed when well, i couldn't get a bed because i my depression it was so bad
0: when you were writing it did you think it would be a bestseller like no, i
1: didn't even think it would be a book when yeah. i was writing it it was just kind of thoughts and um, things that I wanted to do, things that I'd learn in rehab, and things that I'd wanted to kind of implement in life, and then I showed it to a guy who was an, who was a publisher, and he's like, "Man, this is good. Let's let's do this," you know. And I was like, "I don't know, mate. It's pretty personal, you know, and it is. You know, the first the first chapter of the book is um, details my abuse history, and it's like it's the first chapter, like it's full on start to." And I, I know some people have reported to me that they didn't get past the first chapter. Because guess it was too real, you know? But um, so when I was writing it, I wasn't writing a book. I was just writing down stuff and then it became a book, which was really nice. And now it's, there's uh, heaps of downloads on the audiobook version of it now. And it's great.
0: And was that, like was it until that went successful that you thought I've got to write another one or...?
1: I wrote the second one because there was things I didn't write the first one because I didn't think I was writing a book the first time. And the second one is called Actually It Is All About Me. So it's about um, uh, my interpretation of the importance of putting yourself first instead of putting other people's needs before yours all the time, which so many of us do, including our kids, our partner and our clients. Yeah, it's
0: hard, isn't it? Because if you start to put yourself first a little bit, then you're showing up best for everyone else.
1: In fact, it's also true that if I don't do that, I'm showing up worse. Yeah, that's right. Like I am... You might be putting them first, but you're not
0: giving them the best version you of yourself. You might think you're
1: putting them first, but you're not really. Yeah. Um, if, if I... Um, you know, people say... Uh, they're selfish. Right? That's the word that they use. Like, to think of someone else before you. And I think, well, if I'm going to be there for my kids, if I'm going to be there for my mates, for whoever in my life, and if i 'm constantly putting them before me they 've never ever seen the best of me they 're not getting the best of me, and eventually i 'm going to arc up about that and and think and be so resentful you know that i' all i 've done all this time for you fuckers is everything that you've asked me to and i 've asked you one more thing and you won 't do it you know like that kind of thing is not helpful either so yeah i i I, I think um Mums struggle with this too, kind of, especially. But I think it's just so important that we meet our own needs first.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Fully agree. Fully agree. From there, like, where did the speak and take off
1: after the book? Yeah, I have kind sort of always done it a bit of in my profession when I was working at Facebook and stuff, and I was used to being on stage, and I used to speak about marketing and storytelling and digital marketing and social media stuff a lot. And and then I've slowly transitioned now to be, to speak about hard stuff, you know, the stuff that nobody really wants to listen to. Stuff about, you know, Do you reckon
0: sh- that they don't want to listen to it though?
1: No, I think they do. Yeah. They, they don't want to talk be- about yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. They don't mind listening to it. I, I, the, the proof of that is every time I get up and speak in front of a state uh, a crowd about anxiety or about trauma or about abuse or resilience or any the hard shit, you know, Someone, at least one person, usually multiple people, always message me afterwards or come up to me and go, fuck, dude, you just told my story. Like, like, thank God somebody is telling my story, you know. And that story remains untold otherwise and unsaid. And the more I do that, the more we do that, the more normal it is to have that conversation. I know that you're okay with having these conversations now with people, you know, like, and the more we do it, the more okay it is. And why shouldn't it be? You know, if I, if I had diabetes or rheumatoid arthritis or asthma, I, I would tell you about that. I'd tell you what tablets I'd take. I'd tell you what medication. I, I'd tell you everything about it. No different, really, is it? It just so happens that my chronic illness is in my head. lives in my brain instead of in my chest or in my blood. And, and for some reason, that means I can't tell you. I feel shame about it. It doesn't make sense, does it? No. But yeah, anyway. Soon, there they won't be mental health and mental illness. There'll just be health and illness.
0: Yeah, and now that's led into coaching, so you coach people. Yeah, the coaching. Groups, stuff. one-on-one. Yep, we do group stuff, do one-on-one How stuff. How did you get into that initially?
1: A lot of uh, people just sort from of your talking. Yeah. Like, yeah. People would from uh, see me speak or see me on YouTube or something and... How did and I come across you? Through Keegan. Maybe?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. can't remember. But I do remember just looking at your message on Instagram. And
1: then we just jumped on that, just the chat. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll bet it was from Keegan stuff. Yeah, maybe. Did some stuff with that Royal Movement mob when he, in the first iteration of it. But, um, yeah, and people would um, just ring me or message me or whatever and say can we have a chat can i can we have a few chats every time or whatever and i was thinking oh fuck i better work this out this this is gonna take some time yeah like
0: time's pretty
1: valuable yeah like i wasn't thinking oh i better work this out so i can make some money from it i was like better work this out so i don't get dragged down a hole of just doing this and nothing else and uh so that's how it's kind of become a yeah calendarized thing we chat every two weeks and
0: it's just a kick in the backside to make sure I'm on the right path for I you, guess you know like I mean? for yeah. me it's just like a little bit of clarity about what I'm doing is the right thing and you well, know often what, what can that. I be do, do better because uh, I'm always uh, chasing to be I guess the best version of myself yeah, and, but, and for
1: your business to be the best version of itself
0: and it's like it's, it's so hard to take advice from other people like well sometimes <laughs> it's not advice it's sometimes criticism you know like you need to be super careful who you're listening to I, I agree
1: and also how many people you are yeah like I don't know everything so you 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 might want to talk to two or three people but not 13 yeah that's right and not anyone who doesn't know and do they have your best interests at heart too you know or do they even are they in the same arena as you are they having a go because if they're just somebody in your family or friends or whatever who who wants to tell you what they think how you should run the gym I'm sorry if if you haven't run a gym fuck off yeah 100% (laughs) too harsh?
0: <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. It's that's because we do, we listen to those people. It's what we need to hear is because we take advice from anyone.
1: The, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. We take advice from the loudest people. You know, you go to a party, it's always that you know same
0: person that's you know given the advice or you know.
1: Yep. And then you look at their life and you're like, "Hang on a minute. How why am I listening to you?" <laughs>
0: Takes a lot to take that step back and, and and realize that though. Like, why am I listening to that person? Yeah.
1: Do you know what it takes is self worth? Yeah. Is to believe you are worth it. To believe you are enough to be able to say, thank you, not, fuck off, you're an idiot. I'm not listening to you. But for someone to give you, I I hear a lot of advice. I don't listen to much, but I hear a lot of it, and I always say, thanks. Yeah.
0: You haven't got to argue it. No. It's just thank you. Yep. Yeah but that went out my other ear.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I mean, sometimes that probably comes off a bit passive-aggressive too. Thanks. <laughs> I'll just make a note of that. Let's, um,
0: so by the time this drops, it's mid-December now, it'll be 2020 or it'll be January, I'm guessing. Maybe well, just before. How can people reboot? How can they make 2020 their
1: year? I think one of the big things I would say is don't change everything. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's the same as what I say with nutrition. If you change everything,
0: eventually you change nothing because you fall off the wagon.
1: Also, if you've changed everything, you don't know what the problem was. Yeah, like you might have only had to change one thing. You, you need to test and measure, you know. But often, uh, when you talk about someone's spiritual health or their spiritual journey or the development, or personal development, people are like, "Right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get fit." and I'm going to change my outfit, I'm going to get a new job, and I'm going to get where I live, and I'm going to break up with that dude, and I'm going to this and that. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, that's one of those things at a time, maybe. Uh, You know, let's let's make little... I'm a big believer in little ripples make big waves. And if they're listening to podcasts, like, they're already on the right page. Like, they're already curious, I guess. Well, they're probably... This might be the... 12th one they've heard and it might be finally the one that they listen to or yeah. that they absorb something from like you know when you see an ad for something on the tv and about the fourth time you see the ad you're like what is that show me that again and you start to get curious and whatever it's not uh anyway yeah that's it's people who go in gung-ho and want to change everything you you're setting yourself up to fail yeah. so i would say make small changes if there is changes to be made, actually make small changes keep an idea of where your spiritual health is and keep just keep moving forward my my only goal in in life is to be better tomorrow than I was today yeah to be a better version of myself in my own estimation no one else's tomorrow than I was today if yeah. i if i do that every day and i don't always some days i show up a, a very poor version of myself but if I do that every day and keep showing up better every day, in wow, a yeah, year I'm going to be fucking rad. Compounding effect, eh? Yep. But if, I, if I'm happy to stay where I am, or if I go backwards every day, it's not that great. Yeah,
0: and what do you say to someone who's just cruising by at the same pace? I did it for a long if time. If they don't want to? Yeah. Like they so know they're just cruising by, yeah, okay, well and they don't then... want to.
1: So that, like if you're happy
0: doing that then happy days sure uh,
1: mate I know, I know people who I went to school with and you know they're married to the chick they met in year 9 and they live in the same house who's that bloke <laughs> <laughs> I know a few of you uh, you know they live in the, in the same house in the same place they work in the same place they've always worked they've got the same friends that Thursday nights look exactly the same all, all that stuff happy as pigs and shit, who am I to come in and go, listen, you need to change shit up? No, they don't.
0: Yeah, it was probably not the best question. No, but
1: to answer the question in the way I I make up that you asked it was, you know, what if they do? Yeah. And if they do, I would say what I said is just small movements forward. How do you be like stress to people and stress to people and to yourself? I don't, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me don't have to be fixed i just want to be a bit better every day yeah so i'm eating six freddos tomorrow i'm gonna eat four freddos yeah or none well something today i walked to that telegraph pole tomorrow i'll run the last little bit something like that you know there's, there's so much in the media my veg version of media and yours that says you've got to do 10 muscle-ups, you've got to do this, you got to do that, you know, and people are like, I can't do fucking one, so I'm not even going to try. If I can't do 10 muscle-ups, I'm not going to try and do one. Yeah, that's it. You right. know? Yeah. And so they don't, and, and then they're failure. In their mind, they start to process that as failing. Hang on, I, I just wanted to do one muscle-up, or I just want you to go to the gym. I just want you to put your shoes and socks on. You know? Or just go outside, like, you know, it's more steps. Just during the ad breaks of some T V show you watch, you can get up and hang the washing out. Like there's so many things along the way that can be the first
0: step. Yeah, that first step, like what if you take that first step today when you listen to this? Like where will you be at the end of twenty twenty? Be running marathons. No, mate, not even that. Where will you be at the end of the week? Yeah, that's right. The month, yeah, you know, that that ripple
1: to that wave, yeah. like you say, that month, that quarter, six months, twelve months. And it comes back to the addiction thing and the recovery thing for me. Right. if someone asks me how how clean I am, like how long I've whatever? I say I'm clean today. Yeah. Because as soon as I say it's one thousand three hundred forty seven days, which it is. Uh, I, it's a competition then. And I, I've, I've you know if I fuck up tomorrow, oh yeah, it was one thousand three hundred forty seven days clean how can I design a piece of shit on this. I, know I, mean? I love getting a streak going too. <laughs> well, but I then I get filthy when I break it. There's gamification about that. Yeah, but, yeah. I, but for me, it's i mean, it's cheesy, but for me, it's one day at a time.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, it, it is what it is Every day's a new you, challenge, know? yeah. For me, I, I am um, clean and sober until 6 a.m. tomorrow. That's it. It's every day. If I get to 6 a.m., I go okay, I go to 6 a.m. Tuesday. 6 Always a. M. carry on about your why. Like the why, do you have a pretty strong why or you're not much into the... I'm not really that into it. I, yeah. I, I, I want to be, you know, I see that all the time and I think, yeah. oh, what is mine? Yeah. I don't Obviously I, there's I, something there though. Like there is, there has yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. It's just not a, something I concentrate on. Uh, my why really is to be... The best version of myself for my kids. Yeah. For myself, sorry. There it is. Then for my kids, yeah. But I don't. You know what I mean? I don't. It's not on my fridge. Yeah. So sort I of think.
0: Anything else that you'd want to touch on?
1: Just that I think sometimes our the way that we talk to ourselves um, is unhelpful and cruel. You know, sometimes I think. The things that we say to ourselves, we would never say to somebody else. Yeah. And if someone was sitting there and you said that to them, I'd say, oh, you put your head in. But I say that shit to myself. You know, anything that interrupts your own self-love is, is going to end potentially in disconnection. For me, disconnection means addiction. Addiction means misery slash death.
0: Compounding effect again. It's
1: not, it's not far away. The ripple. Like if, if I feel myself getting separated from the herd, <laughs> I'm in trouble. Yeah. If I stop answering text messages, if I stop looking at email, if I stop whatever, I'm like, why am I doing that? I want to escape the herd. If I can escape the herd, mm-hmm. I can use again. If I use again, blah, 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 that's the slippery dip. That I want to avoid. So I, I would just, I would just support you and anybody listening to think about how they speak about themselves to themselves.
0: Sometimes hard to even identify, like That's the start. Like when you feel that thing, like oh, I shouldn't be thinking that. Kind of.
1: Yeah, but, but a really good way is, would I would I say that to my mate? Yeah. Would I say that to my child? Right? Would I say what I just said to myself, you're a weak piece of shit? Would I look at my beautiful six-year-old child and say, you know what, you're a weak piece of shit? Not in a million years. No. And that's okay to say it to myself? No. Not at all. Yeah.
0: Thanks for jumping on. (laughs) You're welcome, um... man. I'll, let's run through these five questions quickly. Uh, so I thought r- I was off the hook. I Thought you're off the hook. So I always ask every guest these five questions. I call it the LTF five questions. Um, tell me something about you that no one would know.
1: So I have to say, firstly, this you sent these to me on Instagram, and when I looked, it, it had disappeared, and then I couldn't look again. So I give a runabout. A couple of hours lot. notice, quickly. Um, tell me something that no one knows. Ah. Oh. <laughs> the grin
0: <laughs> should I say that
1: <laughs> no I'm um, I'm really musical and I'm really good at playing the piano yeah right didn't know yeah there you go question two best piece of advice you've
0: ever been given
1: uh, authenticity be authentic be you stop trying to be somebody else you're only going to be a shit version of them like be yourself if people like you or you hate, or they hate you but at least you won't have to pretend either way. Love it. Question three. Is
0: there anything that's happened to you that at the time you thought would be the worst thing in your life, but it's turned out to be a blessing?
1: Many. Um, I don't know about a thing that's happened to me, but the, the realising that my brain works differently and that I live with different mental health processes to other people has absolutely worked out in my favour. And when I first was diagnosed with you know different things, I thought I'm mad, I'm broken, um, whatever. But now I know that um, those things aren't true. I just I'm just different, and it's been an absolute blessing for me. Those things are my superpowers, and I'm I'm stoked from.
0: Question four: Where do you want to be in five years?
1: Oh, I don't know. I'm going to six a.m. tomorrow. Yeah. I know where I'll be then.
0: It's something that I try and push on a little bit too. It's, it's five years, <laughs> Jesus, I'll be old. I love asking it because most people like you know want to lose five kilos next month, but what's possible in five years? Like who knows where you could be speaking? Who knows how many books you could have? Yeah, who knows yeah. who you could be?
1: You know. Do you know what? I could be homeless in the gutter, hundred years. It. I yeah. could be dead. It could be anything. So you're not going to be. That I'll person. just see how I am. 6am tomorrow. tomorrow I'll tell you what I'll be parking in seniors carping, car parking spaces that's <laughs> what I'll <be> do
0: <laughs> close to the shopping and you know
1: looking scornfully at people who park in my spot
0: question five do you have a favourite quote?
1: Yeah. Uh it's a Carl Jung quote I am not what happened to me I am what I choose to become yeah love it like every day I get that
0: choice everyone should probably ask like think over that again like when you yeah. say like first time you said it uh, over the weekend so like didn't think much of it but then when you said it again and again I was like
1: yes, yeah. yeah. you know do I do I have the power in me to choose what I become or have I given that power up to something beyond my control yeah fuck that
0: so good Good. where there
1: we can, go. yeah good where can people um, <laughs> where can people find you and see your stuff
0: like um, pretty active you can search
1: them. me on Amazon for the book stuff just search Nick dot uh, nickbowditch.com.au or at Nick Bowditch across all the socials
0: yeah Instagram you're pretty active if you want to see too, him in the ocean every single day
1: way too active and Speaking
0: I'm... of streaks he's got a um, streak going with getting in the ocean every day how many days are you up to what
1: 277 was...
0: today What's the goal with that? A year really. or you just it want was to a year,
1: can... yeah. Um, but my goal, honestly, I know this is cheesy as fuck. My goal is just to do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, if but... I get to three sixty five, then I'll be stoked. Stoked. But you Especially because I've been the through. Beach,
0: there's no excuse that shouldn't.
1: That's true, and and it's I've easy been to take the... for granted, though. I've been through the hectic July, August, September.
0: Yeah, you did it all winter. <laughs> so now you've I... got the easy bit.
1: I finish in March. Like, it's. I have no excuse. Why did you start finish. that in
0: March? I don't think was... <laughs> you didn't think that's true. <laughs> you thought you
1: were going to get to 30, didn't you? Well, what do you think would be a better time to start? You're yeah. still going to have to go through wanna? Yeah, I know. I, I honestly time. thought I'd do a week. Yeah. Well, honestly, I thought I'd do a week. It's
0: something me Melissa mean. spoke about. You could live here looking at the beach. We're overlooking the beach now. <laughs> great <laughs> great view. Um. And, you know, you walk down there and you think, oh, I'll get in that later. And later comes and you didn't get in. Yep. Like, it's sort of like you've got to make that commitment. It's like, um, it can be any habit you're trying to piece together. Like, it make the commitment to read 10 pages every day or, or whatever. Set the target and tick it off and get a streak going. Like, that's how you create yep. momentum.
1: There's a guy who lives next door to me, where, where we live block back from the beach. He can see the ocean from his place. Hasn't been in the ocean for five years. Yeah, crazy. Not because he has a... Irrational fear of sharks, like you do. <laughs> just, it just, it doesn't make time for it. It's just not a priority. It's like
0: the making time thing, isn't it? Like it's not make. Like you gotta find the time because it's, it's not just magically gonna appear. And That's not be just ocean, for the beach or be be anything. Walk, yeah, yeah. yeah. Find time to get to the gym or
1: find time to meditate. Find time to read. Like I love the ten page. Is, is it you side of the ten? But pa- yeah, I love the ten pages a day thing. I just think it's
0: a book a month if you ah. do it. Twelve books a year. Who's but reading? But not 12 only books that, the
1: content that you get from ten pages doesn't seem like much, though. Hey, but it's, it, it's a lot of learning yeah, if yeah. it's the right book, obviously. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I I'm a massive believer in that. I think that's awesome. I I, I journal every day, and every day I have to write. At the, so twice a day, in the morning I have to write what I'm going to do today for my body, my mind, my spirit. And so sometimes the body and the spirit is the swim. It's just, same thing yeah but um. But I find if I diarise it I'll do it
0: do you mind if I ask you about the journaling no so you do your like is it body mind spirit body yet? mind spirit and then what else do you do for the
1: morning uh, in the morning one it's uh, so I say body mind spirit and what I'm going to do today it's kind of an accountability thing for me because yeah. I look in the next day and i like, oh, fuck I didn't do that I'll do that again today yeah and then I ask myself uh, what am I proud of yeah um What would make today great? And then my three-month goals. Yep. That change, obviously, but they're mostly consistent. And then in the afternoon or the evening when I go to bed, I write um, what was the best thing that happened today? Um, Oh, and what are the three things I'm grateful for today? Yeah, I'm a big, life journal
0: gratitude.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing like how many
0: people would, on here would say oh, I don't have time to do that it's not that you don't have time you've got to make time Like,
1: so uh, someone said that to me so I sort of kept because I'm massive on the data as you know <laughs> so I measured it over a week and uh, on average the journaling takes 41 seconds yeah 41 seconds a day if you if, you can't tell me you haven't got 41 you can't tell me you haven't got 41 minutes a day actually so you certainly got 41
0: seconds. I know the days that I do it, I'm so much more productive than the days I don't do it.
1: Same. And, and thing, I'm in like a better head If I don't make my bed in the morning, uh, no, that's not true. Sometimes I'll have a really shit day and my head's all over the joint and I'm unhappy and things aren't working the way out. And, and I get home and look in my bedroom, I haven't made my bed. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's no science to that by the way. It's just complete anecdotal. I know that when I don't make my bed, my days are shit. We're
0: only talking about
1: this earlier that you nap every day and you don't sleep in your bed
0: because you've put too big of an effort into making it. You probably didn't want this to go on. My,
1: um, I didn't really want to tell the world that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, you I put some effort into the. I do, mate. My, my bed in the morning when I walk out looks you, like, you like Better f- Homes and Gardens, screen,
0: uh, Instagram, no,
1: <laughs> and the funny like no one's seen it. Well, hopefully someone's seen <laughs> it. But no one's seen it. And so I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I, I just take pride in it. And it's the first task of the day I've achieved. I win. The I've first read task. it a
0: few times. Like, you should make your bet. And like, you know, if your car's a mess, chances are your life's a little bit of a mess. And same with your house. It isn't and, that true? And, yeah. Sometimes, like, like, I'll get in my car and I'm like, this thing's filthy. And then I get home cleaned up. Next time you get in it, you're like... Jesus feels good, cool, you and, know?
1: And I, I don't care who you are, there's nothing better than getting into a maid bed at oh, 100%. I don't think
0: there'd be anyone who'd argue that. No.
1: And, you know, you, I have also have to look at it and think, well, I'm not a 15-year-old boy anymore. I don't have, you know, I don't have just a doona thrown over me. I, I'm not an animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, but I take it, again, the addict in me, oh, those pillows are fucking perfect. <laughs> And there's way too many of them.
0: I uh, to get up more.
1: I have too many pillows, but we won't go there. I'll have to screenshot
0: up. I will screenshot. I thought it. it was a girl thing, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: oh, look, I'm happy for it to be. I didn't be. mean that to be a dick either. <laughs> I'm happy for it to be. I just think uh, it's something I can take pride in. Let's... Something that I look and I go, oh, that's, I've tapped in my creativity today already.
0: We didn't, you know? t- we didn't touch on it either. Let's touch on your training quickly. You're a pretty avid trainer. Yeah, How'd I've that been. come about?
1: I used to be a fat fuck and was miserable. And I wanted to do something about it. And I found now that a combination of boxing and a bit of a bit of gym.
0: You must have go to the gym twice a day though,
1: yeah? I was going twice a day. I've sort of turned that back. So this is the great thing about it now, is I've achieved this kind of state now where we often, I often joke with you that the only, I only train so that I can eat shit. That's kind of my only motivation. <laughs> it's true, but I, <laughs> I've found a spot, place now that um, if I stop training, I'll blow out. Yeah, but I can eat kind of what I want. But you eat pretty well at home, yeah. Yeah, I do now. Yeah, I do now. We apart still haven't got a burger, pizza, <laughs> <from the> milk <laughs> <Peter. Christ, Milky laughs> and the Freddie's and we did have a burger yesterday? But, but that's. What, but I can do that. Yeah, that's right. Well, you got to live, yeah. Yep, and some days some days I'll blow it out on eating and think, oh, fuck, I'm definitely going twice tomorrow. Someone asked me harder. before I
0: was coming here, do you eat healthy when you're on holidays? I was like, fuck no. <laughs> That's what go I'm going on, on holidays? holidays to eat healthy. I eat healthy at home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do eat... make some healthier choices at times, but if I want something, I eat what I want. Like, what's the point of living if you can't? Obviously, if like weight loss, you said, like you've done it, so now you are kind of happy with where you are. I'm here. just maintaining... If you want to lose weight, you're going to have to make sacrifices.
1: I would... Like, I could... I could lose five kilos. Yeah. But you're happy where you are. But then I have no milky bars and freddos. Yeah. And life without milky bars and freddos is, is just not worth living. <laughs> and cheesecake. <laughs> uh, but no, Yeah, so I train pretty hard when I train. And then I have a week off and I feel okay. Yeah. Uh, and... Maintain my weight for a long time now. I used to be uh, thirty nine kilos heavier than I am now. Yeah, just way too heavy.
0: And how do you feel now compared to then?
1: Uh, we're on a bit of a hill here where we are now, and I, 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 there's no way I could walk up here yeah. before. And now I just fucking charge up. Like everything's easier. I couldn't put I couldn't put my shoes on. With, kid, oh, I could put with my shoes kids, on. your age though, like Oh, it's horrible having little kids running around. You not being able to keep up with them. Like I. I struggled to do my shoes up yeah not because I couldn't reach them I, the, the exertion of doing my shoes up while I bent over was too much and what was the state that you're like how to get here was there a
0: point or was there something
1: mm, no it was it was just dissatisfaction eventually it was just yeah. I was just so over it <clears throat> and a couple of people offered to help get me fit get my nutrition right and and I accepted their help because I knew that would make me accountable. I knew that if they gave up their time, I couldn't fuck around.
0: Yeah, I'm always a bit reluctant with like I figure people will come to me when they want help because yeah, so your job. like yeah, but you've kind of got to want to make that step too. Like no one can tell you when you want to lose weight or when you want like
1: you've true. got to want to do it. Hey, that's true. But I but in that moment when someone else said, "I'll help you." Yeah. I said, Okay, thanks. I will I'll take you up on that.
0: Yeah, like that's what
1: I, I mean that's what you do anyway. That's
0: what I love though when people come and say, like, let's do it and I've you can you them. can see it in their eyes like they want it. Like I just recently had this conversation with a lady and it was like I know that she's on. Yeah. And then the last person I had that with has just made a huge transformation in the gym and like last year it was January she just looked at me and said, I'm done with this, you know, like I'm
1: sad. I, I don't want to be this way yeah. anymore. I feel. Are you alarmed when someone comes in and says, I want to lose 30 kilos? Or when they. Or, like, is it. Is it I can normally kinda,
0: tell by the chat. Like, if they just walk in and say, I don't want to drop 30 kilos like that. Normally, it's. They're not really. Yeah, like, it's the initial. You can tell, like, they're fighting that. Yeah. Um, That's my phone.
1: One step. Um. I think when I started, I wanted to lose a kilo a week, and even then, the guy, the PT that I was working with at the time, said, "Oh, that's that's a lot." I I did lose a kilo a week, but he wasn't like, "Yep, you can do that easily." that's the difference, I think.
0: Yeah, I always say half a kilo a week, kind of. That's a bit good goal,
1: and it seems like not. Except when you're massive, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. (laughs) Like when in the days of the biggest loser, like the really really fat guys lost it quick at the start yeah but then it's harder i mean if you're if you're 82 kilos and you want to get to 78 that's that seems to me to be really hard yeah that's a sacrifice that's no more freddo's yeah
0: <laughs> fuck that <laughs> all good but only an hour 20 in let's wrap it up Far anything
1: out. else for we? no nah, mate it's long enough that anyone needs All to listen All good. To thanks pass. for
0: jumping on. Thanks for encouraging me to, to jump on and start a podcast. And you said, let's do an, uh, one over the internet. And I was like, nah, this is a good excuse for a holiday to terrible. <laughs> Mate, you're welcome. Here we are. Uh, it's taken me 12 episodes, but I'm here. I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. Until next time, later. I'm sick of us not doing this right. That's why I think I'm cutting you from my life. No more, I'm sick of us not doing this right, that's why I think I'm cutting you from my life, no more, <laughs> wasted energy spending the pace for every hour I waste, I need an escape to center me, and I don't mean to make a rush for the door, but times a currency I'm currently poor, I'll be leaving it soon, I don't mean to be rude, but this scene ain't for me, Lucky like your mom seeing your nudes, like a place.